Cool. As Blake said, Deuteronomy 31 and those other page numbers. Okay, cool. Then Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel, saying, I am now 120 years old. I can no longer act as your leader. The Lord has told me, you will not cross this Jordan. The Lord your God is the one who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will drive them out. Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you, as the Lord has said. The Lord will deal with them as he did Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will deliver them over to you, and you must do to them exactly as I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Moses then summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you will go with this people into the land the Lord swore to give to their fathers. You will enable them to take possession of it. The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, and to all the elders of Israel. Moses commanded them, At the end of every seven years, at the appointed time in the year of debt cancellation, during the festival of booths, when all Israel assembles in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he chooses, you are to read this law aloud before all Israel. Gather the people, men, women, children, and foreigners living within your gates, so that they may listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to follow all the words of this law. Then their children who do not know the law will listen and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. The Lord said to Moses, The time of your death is now approaching. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting so that I may commission him. When Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves at the tent of meeting, the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the cloud stood at the entrance to the tent. The Lord said to Moses, You are about to rest with your fathers, and these people will soon commit adultery with the foreign gods of the land they are entering. They will abandon me and break the covenant I have made with them. My anger will burn against them on that day. I will abandon them and hide my face from them, so that they will become easy prey. Many troubles and afflictions will come to them. On that day they will say, Haven't these troubles come to us because our God is no longer with us? I will certainly hide my face on that day because of all the evil they have done by turning to other gods. Therefore write down this song for yourselves and teach it to the Israelites. Have them recite it so that this song may be a witness for me against, all the, Israel against the Israelites. When I bring them into the land I swore to give their fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey, they will eat their fill and prosper. They will turn to other gods and worship them, despising me and breaking my covenant. And when many troubles and afflictions come to them, this song will testify against them, because their descendants will not have forgotten it. For I know what they are prone to do, even before I bring them into the land I swore to give them. So Moses wrote down this song on that day, and taught it to the Israelites. The Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I swore to give them, and I will be with you. When Moses had finished writing down on a scroll every single word of this law, he commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, Take this book of the law and place it beside the Ark of the Covenant the Lord, of the Lord your God, 
so that it may remain there as a witness against you. For I know how rebellious and stiff-necked you are. If you are rebelling against the Lord now while I am still alive, how much more will you rebel after I am dead? Assemble all your tribal elders and officers before me, so that I may speak these words directly to them, and call heaven and earth as witnesses against them. For I know that after my death you will become completely corrupt and turn from the path I have commanded you. Disaster will come to you in the future, because you would do what is evil in the Lord's sight, infuriating him with what your hands have made. Then Moses recited aloud every single word of this song to the entire assembly of Israel. And then we're skipping the song and going to verse 44 of chapter 32. Moses came with Joshua, son of Nun, and recited all the words of this song in the presence of the people. After Moses finished reciting all these words to all Israel, he said to them, Take to heart all these words I am giving as a warning to you today, so that you may command your children to carefully follow all the words of this law. For they are not meaningless words to you, but they are your life, and by them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Thanks, Kate. Hello, everybody. If you haven't had a chance to grab a Bible, feel free to grab one. And uh, as we uh, finish up our series in Deuteronomy, and uh, think about these last words, these last four chapters. Uh, please join me in a prayer. Uh, loving Heavenly Father, again, we just ask that you would speak to us, that you would help us to listen, and that, Lord, we would be people who don't just hear and listen to what you say, but apply it to our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, uh, my mum's about to turn 89, and... Uh, you know, I don't know what your mother's like or what she'll be like when you get older, but my mother's still a mother. She loves to mother me. Uh, you know, just somehow as soon as you walk in there, uh, you, you, know, you know, she's in mothering mode. Uh, mothering mode is she loves to tell you what to do, uh, what you should think, how you should go about it, you know, and, uh, you know, she's always telling me, I told you that when you were growing up, and I uh, don't remember really you telling me any of that. And there's a reason why I don't remember anything that you told me. Of course, I wasn't. Yeah. Very hard to believe, but that's how I grew up. I, I'm sure I listened sometimes, but, yeah, listening wasn't something that was big on my agenda at many times. And uh, when it comes to uh, life and relationships, uh, when it comes to really work, anything that you do, uh, anything that you're involved in school, listening uh, is really, 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 really important. Uh, one of the things that some of you might do in your uni courses or in teaching courses or roundabout is a little thing on uh, listening. Uh, one of the things you work out if you ever do a course on how to listen and how good a listener you are is you find out how bad you are. That's really what you find. And that's the whole point of uh, a listening thing, to tell you that you don't really listen at all and uh, you're really more concerned to get out what you want to say than you are to listen to what they've said. And so listening's really, really important. But in the whole listening thing, which is really, really, really important, uh, there's nothing more important than listening to God. Um, you know, listening to relationships is going to get you in trouble. Not listening to your mum, it means you're going to be nagged for the rest of your life. Uh, but if you do listen to your mum and you finally listen to her, things will come a whole lot better than if you, uh, uh, you know, didn't. It's better to listen to her. But when it comes to God, the consequences are so much more important, so much more eternal, uh, so much more critical. Uh, that is, uh, you know, you can come to church every week and you can not listen. Uh, you can go to youth group and not listen. 
Uh, you can be around and hear stuff and know stuff, but not listen, really. Um, and, and, and the sad thing about not listening is, what a crazy thing to do is come to church and not listen. Yeah, what's the point? What's the point if you were just coming for social? It's a good place to come and listen and learn, don't get me wrong. If you're searching, what a great place to be. Uh, but as people who follow Lord Jesus, great place to be. The whole point is that we listen. And not just that we listen, that we do what we hear, that we take on what we hear. And really, as we come to the end of Deuteronomy, the end of this series, that's what Moses is saying to the people. That's what God is saying through Moses to the people. And it is, listen. Make sure you're listening to this stuff. This stuff is crucial. Make sure you're listening. And so what we have in chapter 31 and 32, just grabbing a few things, is five things they've got to know. Five things they've got to listen to. Five things they've got to take on and not forget. It's just so crucial. And the first one is in chapter 31, verses 1 to 8. And you can see it there in verse 3 in a summary. The Lord your God is the one who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy all these nations before you and you will drive them out. Really what that is, is it's God who fights for you. You've got to remember where they're up to. They're about to go in and take the promised land. They're about to go to war. They're about to remove seven people groups from Canaan and God has told them to do it. Uh, those nations are big and they're scary and that's going to scare the heck out of them. Um, they're, they're, they're established, they've got big kingdoms, they're big people, there's a lot of them. They haven't got a hope of winning except that God is going with them. God is going before them. It's God who fights. Uh, very, very important to know because the only way they can have confidence, the only way they can have boldness to do what God is asking them to do is knowing that God is the one who fights. Uh, for us who uh, are now at the end of the Bible, that is, there's no more Bible, the Bible is finished. Once God himself turned up as a man in Jesus, when God turned up and Jonas, God the Son turned up, from then on, the Bible finished. It was just the apostles writing the start of the church and then it finished and now we're waiting for Jesus to return. Um, we're in what the Bible calls the last days. A lot of people, Christians, can get quite upset with what's happening uh, in the government, what's happening with the world and how it's going, what's going to happen to our kids, what's going to happen to the next generation, and they all get very, very frantic. Uh, but really, we should never get frantic because God is in control of the world that he's made. Things go wrong, he allows things to go wrong, but nothing ever happens that he does not allow. He's in control of everything from cancer uh, to wars to the things that happen, to the weather patterns. God is in control of every single thing. And so as followers of Jesus, we are never, never, never to get... Well, we do. We do get scared. But we've got to keep working on the whole idea that it is God who is doing what he is doing in this world. And we can be bold and courageous because he has said that his word is going to gather his people, that people who live lives that show that they take Jesus seriously, that they're listening to him, that they know him, that he, God will use those lives to attract people to listen to what God says and to bring them into his family. That in the end, there's going to be so many people who are in heaven from every nation and tribe that you won't be able to count them. God has already told us the future. He's already told us there's a judgment day coming. And that judgment day, when it comes... There will be so many people saved that we can't count them. 
That is what is going to happen. How is he going to do it? He's going to do it through us as we stand up, work as a church, not being silent, not being quiet, and living a life that shows that we take Jesus seriously. Um, uh, And so we need to be confident uh, of our salvation, confident of what God is doing if we're in Christ Jesus, absolutely confident, because God is the one who is doing uh, what he is doing in this world. Our job is to keep standing up for him and to keep trusting what he said and not to get his name run through the mud because of the way we're living. Um, The second thing that they have to learn, that they're about to go into the land and the only reason they're going to survive and they can be bold and courageous because of God, but the second thing is they need to learn to fear God. Uh, Fear is an old way of saying respect But it is the whole idea of respect that uh, knows that you don't play games with this person that you're respecting. We are to be motivated by love, that he's a God who forgives, uh, but uh, the people need to learn to fear God so that they will listen to him and do what he says. So uh, 9 to 13, uh, they're being reminded in chapter 31 that Moses wrote down the law, he gave it to them, and there to make sure it's to be read, and as a whole group, once every seven years, but there's a whole lot more than that. It's all the time they're learning God's word. Because how do you learn to respect God? How do you learn to fear God? How do you learn to actually uh, care about what he says? It only happens by sitting under his word. Uh, you know, the, the way that people hide from God is they stop reading his word. They stop listening. Come to church, don't listen. You know, just talk to it, but look at your phone, but don't listen. You know, chat to the person, but don't listen. If someone asks you what to talk about, you can't tell them because you didn't listen. You, you know, you're not reading the Bible during the week. You're not in the growth group. You know, so no one's encouraging. You're not encouraging them. That's the way you don't listen. And you can do that sitting right in church. Uh, it's that sort of idea. But to learn to fear God, we need to be listeners, We're people who open the word, we think about the word, we discuss the word, we get in groups and discuss it, we listen to sermons, we take notes if that helps us, we do whatever helps us listen because uh, in listening we learn uh, that we are are able to, well, it, it is a way that God allows us to learn to respect him because the more we keep away from him, we think he's not real. The more we think he won't judge, the more we think he doesn't care about what we do, the more we think he doesn't see what we do, the more we think he... But but we need to learn to fear God. We need to be people who listen and learn. You'll see that in verse 12. Verse 12. So that, read the word, make sure the word goes this, and especially in this seventh year cycle, so that they may listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to follow all the words of this law. And so it is by listening, by having God's word everywhere that they learn. Now, this is particularly focused on the covenant contract that they're in. God promises that he will do this, and they promise that they will keep their part in it, and they need to keep hearing it so that they would uh, listen to him and play their part. God would keep his part, but would they keep their part? Now, One of the sad things with uh, the Bible that always takes a while before we get it, uh, hopefully you've got it, and it doesn't end up being an excuse and it doesn't matter what I do, but what we're supposed to identify with is we're supposed to identify with Israel, that we are people who don't listen, that we are people who don't take him very seriously, uh, that we are people who believe in him and do that, but, but, you know, we're so easily distracted. Um, The good news for us now that Jesus has turned up is that Jesus kept the law for us. 
Uh, we all are fairly clear on that Jesus became our representative and our substitute on the cross. Uh, that is, it should have been me who died and experienced hell, but Jesus was willing to die and experience hell for me so that I don't have to. Uh, we're fairly clear on that, but we're not always so clear that what I did was I gave him my sin and he gave me his perfection as a standing before the Father. So when God looks at you and me, if we're in Christ, if we've submitted to Christ, put our trust in him, what he sees is Jesus. He doesn't just see that the price has been paid, which he does, but he sees Jesus. He sees a perfect person. Uh, it's great news. We give him his sin, he gives us his righteousness. And so it's a great thing that God has done in Christ. He has made us perfect, made us righteous, declared us, sees us as. Um, uh, but he's also given us the Holy Spirit, which is why we turn to the Lord Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is working us, making us to be like what we've been declared to be. That's what God is doing in our lives. Uh, that is, he's, he's helping us to be more and more trusting, more and more obedient, more and more listeners, more and more involved, more and more standing up and not being silent, more and more living a life that attracts people to Jesus rather than puts them off. Uh, he's working us, making more, us more like Christ. And so firstly, they need to know it is God who fights. It's God who's in control. So we can be courageous and bold. They can be courageous and bold. Uh, secondly, they need to uh, learn to fear God and to keep learning to fear God by keeping God's word in their life everywhere and particularly in this seven-year cycle. But the third thing is they need to know who to follow. And so really this whole chapter 31 and across the, to, to the end is about the commissioning, the moving from Moses being the leader as he gives the leadership uh, to Joshua. And so it's a passing on of the leadership. And so uh, Joshua is going to be the one who's been commissioned and the people need to know who it is that they are to follow. They're not to follow anyone. They're not to follow themselves they're not to do what's right in their own eyes. They're not just to look to whoever's doing what they like them to do. They're, they're to look to the leader that God has presented, and that leader is Joshua, and he is the one that they need to follow. Um, uh, it's important to know who to follow because there can be so many confusing voices, and, uh, you know, this is always going to sound funny, uh, but to say it properly, we don't follow the church. We don't follow the pastor. We don't follow one another, we follow Jesus. So we're always saying, what did Jesus say? We go to church, we have leaders, we work as a team, we set examples for one another and we set examples, but we follow Jesus. We're always asking, uh, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus want us to do? And so Jesus said, come follow me. Now, Blake's already reminded us we're coming up to a month of looking at leadership um, and how we pick leadership, mainly our, 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 uh, our uh, head of ministries, but our parish council, the ones who uh, manage us as well as think about our direction. And uh, what we're doing is we're thinking about leaders who are leading us to Jesus, who are modelling Jesus, who are modelling that Jesus is the one who saves us and who are living lives that show that they have an attitude of obedience to Jesus. And we're trying to highlight them and a bunch of other stuff we'll be looking at uh, because we need to know who to follow because if you follow wrong people, they will lead you in wrong directions. 
One of the things that Jesus said in the New Testament was uh, that the Pharisees were blind guides, blind people leading them where they don't know where they're going, bad guides. And so God, they've got to know that God is in control, that, that he is doing what he wants, he's sovereign, and what he says and what he promises is going to happen. They need to learn to fear God. They need to be sitting under his word, listening to his word. Uh, they need to have this attitude of listening to it. Um, they need to listen that God's in the control. They need to listen that they need that so that uh, they will have deep respect for God and do what he says. Uh, the third thing is they need to know who to follow. That's Joshua. That's the one and anyone who follows him, so to speak. But fourthly, uh, the reason they need to know that very clearly is because they've got to watch their sinful nature. Uh, 16 to 33 of chapter 31. So let's just read verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, you are about to rest with your fathers. Nice way of saying dying. And these people will soon commit adultery with the foreign gods of the land they are entering, they will abandon me and break the covenant I have made with them. And then on and on it goes. And uh, he's basically saying, uh, guys, you need to listen. Don't trust yourselves. Don't trust yourselves. Don't trust those around you. Don't go the way you feel. Don't do that. You have a sinful nature. Look down at verse, uh, the end of verse 21. Uh, you'll see where it says there, for I know what they are prone to do. You see that? So he's talking about, he's looking at their hearts and says, look at what you are prone to do. Know what the people are prone to do. Because what's tempting is to do what people want as a leader. And what's tempting as people is to find a leader who'll tell you what your itching ears want to hear. But what we need to do is watch our sinful natures. We have got natures that will change things to fit the way we want things to go. And so you've got to be very, very careful of your sinful nature. Watch out because God's already said, I know what you're prone to do and you will, you will walk away from me. You've got to watch your nature. You've got to listen carefully. Um, really, uh, the way you'd follow that theme through the Bible, there is a theme of our sinful nature, uh, but there's the theme of God opposes the proud. See, proud is... I know better than what God's word says. I don't have to read it and get to know it. I don't need to study it. I don't need to think about it. I'm okay. I don't have to listen to that. I know all that. I've grown up in it. I know. I'm okay. That's proud. God opposes the proud. He doesn't reveal himself to the proud. The proud will fall. But we are to be the humble, the meek, who sit under God's word and believe what he says about our weakness. We are weak. If you think you can't fall away, you're the one who's in most danger of falling away, so to speak. If you think you can't sin, you're the one in the most danger of doing something you shouldn't do. That's what we've got to keep. We've got to realise that we're in danger and keep close to God, keep listening to God, keep knowing that he is in control, keep reading that we might fear him uh, and keep following the leaders he gives us, aware that we are weak. When we think we're strong, we are in big trouble. We can be strong in the Lord, but not in ourselves. Um, lastly, uh, is that chapter uh, 32 from verse 44. We're sort of skipping, skip the poem. Uh, the poem uh, was uh, very depressing, uh, very sad, very pessimistic. They're going to fail. 
And it was a witness from God against them saying, listen carefully, you will not make it if you do not listen. And in uh, chapter 32 from 44, let's read it again. Moses came with Joshua, son of Nun, and recited all the words of this song in the presence of the people. After Moses finished reciting all the words to all of Israel, he said to them, take to heart all these words I am giving you as a warning to you today, so that you may command your children to be careful to follow all the words of this law, for they are not meaningless words to you, but they are your life. And by them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Uh, what is he saying? He's saying these words are God's words of life for you. He's given the words so that you will have life with him. To not listen is to not have life with God. And he's been saying, as you remember last week, choose life. Choose life. And here is a summary. It's choose to listen. Choose to believe what God says about him and about them and about us. Choose to listen. Um, he says, take these words to heart. Take these words to heart means don't just listen to them. Take them into your life. Make them a part of your life. Take them in. Don't just listen and walk away and don't do anything with them or take them on but take them to heart, make them yours, own them. Um, this is how you uh, will have life with God uh, because you will be listening to them. Um, there's nothing new in this last bit. Uh, he's really just summarised all the stuff he's said before in many ways. He's just re-impressing it on the people as they are about to enter the land. Um, he's reminding them to pass it on to the next generation. You are to teach your children. You are to teach them about God. You are to model that to God. Pass it on to the next generation so that they will obey. And, and really, in the end, it is a obedience brings blessing. It's not what saves people, but that is blessing. That is, God wants to bless us that have been saved through obedience. That is the full life, the best life. Uh, that God is wanting to give us and he's wanting to bless them through their obedience. Um, these words of, uh, you know, these words of life can't help but make me think about those words that Jesus said uh, to the apostles in John 6 uh, when he says uh, people were leaving him and he says, do you want to leave me too? And Simon Peter said, Lord, where are we to go? You have the words of eternal life. There's no one else to go to, no one else you can call out on, no one else you can depend to, depend on, no one else who will lay their life down for you, no one else who will rise again for you, no one else who is trying to care for you, no one else is trying to give you the good life. There's no one else you can go to for eternal life. There's no one else. And that's really this in the Old Testament. He's saying, you know, these lives, are, these words are life. You've got nowhere else to go. This is life. Listen to them. Okay. What do we do with all this? Uh, well, again, we could go be a better listener. And, and that's certainly the response. The response here of God's people is the same response for us, uh, focused on Jesus. We should listen to him. But really what we need to know is that Jesus not only represented us on the cross, which he did, but he also uh, represented us as being the perfect human. He, was, he lived the life that we should have lived. He always perfectly listened to God. 
He was a listener to God. He listened to God in such a way that he was obedient even to death, death on the cross. He was so, such a listener that he went to the cross because he listened to the Father and that's what he did. Uh, he won us forgiveness. He gave us the Holy Spirit because he was a listener. And you might remember that uh, yeah, there's a few places in the Bible, but uh, one of the places when Jesus uh, sort of went up on the mountain and showed through the apostles that he really was God. Uh, it's called the Mount of Transfiguration, for a big fancy word that someone made up. And, uh, you know, and it does, he got transfigured before them. But then a voice came out of the clouds from the Father and said, This is my Son, listen to him. It's a great summary of what God wants us to do. Uh, he wants us to trust Christ. He wants us to turn to Christ. He wants to make us, uh, to us to make Christ our, our Lord, our Saviour. But that will not happen without listening. We will not stay with him without listening. This is my son. Listen to him. We need to be listeners to Jesus and his word. May we do that for his glory and for our eternal good.